Good afternoon, America, and welcome to the Dean's List. I'm Dean Bowen. You are listening to America Out Loud Talk Radio. Well, did you hear the clip from Tucker Carlson a couple days ago? He's, he's speaking somewhere, and he starts talking about the Bolshevik Revolution and the comparison to that revolution to America today. I don't know if you heard the clip. I'm going to play a clip of it for you because it, well, it's eye-opening. But there's some things that he says in there that I need to highlight and some things that we need to, some things we need to dive into. So we're going to get right into it right here at the top of the show. Uh, let's take a listen to Tucker Carlson. But then last year I read the biography, which I would recommend to everyone in this room, of Peter Rangel who was the leader of the revolutionary white forces during the Russian Revolution, um, the Civil War, rather, that came after the revolution. And he was a Baltic German living in Russia and a, a general worked for the Tsar. The war ends where Russia ceases its hostilities with Germany. He comes back to, to St. Petersburg. And the country's in complete chaos. And the Bolsheviks have decided that you know, it's, the, it's discontent within the army that we need to inflame, and we need to get the army. I don't know if this sounds familiar to anyone here. Uh, but get the guns and the people who wield the guns. We need them. So the first thing they do is destroy all discipline in the Tsar's army, complete. So Peter Rangel's just been on the front for four years. He comes back into St. Petersburg, totally civilized city, two-hour drive from Helsinki. I mean, it is Europe, okay? Whatever anyone tells you. And he's wandering through, and soldiers are going crazy in the streets. And they're raping women, they're stealing at gunpoint, soldiers in uniform, in a monarchy which had not had any behavior like this at all. And he, Peter Rangel just can't even believe it. These are his soldiers. He's a general. And so he's, he's completely freaked out, and he goes into a movie theater, and everyone in the movie theater is completely absorbed in the movie. Like there's no revolution happening outside. And Peter Rangel thinks these people are insane. So he goes back, he's like, I gotta get to Moscow. So he takes the train to Moscow. I have to tell the Tsar, this country's falling apart. He's very close to the Romanovs, the family. You should read this. It's, it's just out in English translation in the last three years. It's an unbelievable book, lost to history until recently, to English speakers. So he goes back to Moscow and he's close to the Romanovs. And so he goes into the imperial court and he knows all the relatives and there are millions of them hangers on. And he notices about 80% of the women in the Romanov family are wearing Red ribbons, in solidarity with the Bolsheviks who wound up, of course we know how it ends, murdering them, murdering them in the basement at dawn. So, wait, what, Peter Rangel says? How is it that this country is being devoured by a violent revolution and the people who can afford movie tickets, that is kind of our middle class, are refusing even to acknowledge that it's happening and the ruling class against whom it is aimed are sympathizing with it. And if this doesn't remind you of BLM, I don't know what does. I'm reading this in my porch. Like, man, I couldn't go to sleep. I was like, wait, I live in that country. That's happening now. This is a revolution. Its aim is to hurt you. Yes, that would include physically in the end. Sorry. If someone tells you you're not allowed to speak, if someone tells you your children are not your children, Okay, these are not ideological differences. This is not, oh, I prefer, you know, this capital gains rate. These are totalitarian measures that treat you as non-human. 
Human beings, free citizens, get to say what they think. Slaves must be quiet. That's the distinction. So all this like, oh, it's in the First Amendment. No, no. Yeah, it precedes the First Amendment. As our founding documents make clear, these are natural rights that distinguish the citizen from the slave. The human from the subhuman. We can't consider slaves fully human or we wouldn't enslave them. So anyone treating you as a slave considers you less than human. People don't pause to consider the implications of this. If someone says to you, I have a right to make your children hate you or to say weird, creepy sex stuff to your kids, what's, your, what's a valid response to that? Well, in a healthy society, if someone says weird, creepy sex stuff to your eighth grader, you get your gun. Like, try that in Bulgaria. How do you think that's going to work? I mean it, too. Oh, you're calling for violence? Yeah. You try and sexualize my children? What? Those are my children. That's totally not allowed. That's not, that, nothing like that is allowed. And I don't care if you claim you're a teacher or an administrator, you work for some creepy Soros-backed NGIO. If you're trying to sexualize my children, I go right to force. And if I can't do that, I'm not really their father, am I? I'm serious. And I don't think there's anything to be ashamed of in that. And no, I'm not calling for, I don't know, I'm, I'm, I'm calling for applying natural law to American life. And if you refuse to do that, what happens? Well, we're watching what happens. They become increasingly aggressive. Can you hear them? Can you, can you hear the left right now in their ivory towers? Tucker's calling for violence. Tucker said, get your gun. They're just, heads are exploding everywhere. Tucker says that it's a revolution and their aim is to hurt you. Well, that's what happens in a revolution. Their aim is to hurt you. And we discovered that that was their aim in the summer of love, 2020. I mean, we knew it ahead of time. But hopefully the eyes of people in this country were being open that their aim is to hurt us. Now, he's drawing the, the correlation between the army of the Bolshevik Revolution and the BLM riots, you know, which is true. I I wholeheartedly agree with his correlation. But what I want to pull out of his statement is he says, what should our response be to someone who wants to say weird, creepy sex stuff to your children? Of course, Tucker says, you know, get your gun. You're not a dad if if you have a different response. But to Tucker's point, he he is not advocating for violence in in that sense. What he he's calling for that we would go back and and he says this: look, we should go back to natural law, because if we don't, they become increasingly increasingly aggressive. So, what does he mean by that? What does he mean by going back to natural law? Well, Jefferson makes it clear in the Declaration, the law of nature and nature's God. That is the law that we're under. And we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal, and they're endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights. That's part of natural law. Unalienable rights are rights that cannot be taken from you. They're God-given. That's natural law. God has 
a natural law in place. And part of that natural law includes rights that come from him. The right to life, the right to liberty, the right to property, the right to religious freedom and expression, the right to self-defense, the right for parents to raise their children in the way they want to raise them. As long as it doesn't harm the children or harm their neighbors, parents have a God-given right to raise their kids. And this is what Tucker's referring to, where he says, what should our response be if someone wants to say weird, creepy stuff to your children? Well, our natural response is, you don't say weird, creepy stuff to my children. And in Tucker's words, we get our gun. But that's not what he's advocating for. He's advocating for that as a society, we don't come to this point because we then we we go back to natural law. We start honoring again our God-given rights. And right now, there is no honor of our God-given rights because, unfortunately, the government would rather be in charge of those rights. I mean, it's across the board. You know, I call out the Democrats frequently, but there are several, several establishment Republicans that would fall in line with this. Several, several rhinos out there running around with that big rhino horn that are not interested in in supporting our, our natural God-given rights. This is the clarion call that, that Tucker's giving here. He's saying we've got to go back. We've got to go back to the establishment that our founders set up for us. And we have to start honoring natural rights. Specifically, the rights of parents. And the rights of parents right now is, is under such a profound attack. It is... You know what? To to coin the, or not to coin, to quote the words of our of our gracious Secretary of Education. He's never seen it like this. It's never been like this. There used to be civility. We used to be able to have discourse and calm discussions. It's never been this way. The attack. On, and, you know, of course, the education secretary says the public education is under attack. I, I beg to differ. I don't believe public education is under attack as much as parental rights are under attack. And they're under attack within the sphere of public education. And this is what Tucker is calling us back to. We have to open our eyes to what's going on. And it doesn't matter if you if you have a child in in public school, homeschool, Christian school, or maybe you don't have children that are school age anymore, or maybe you don't have children, period. It At this point, it doesn't matter. It is, it is a call that affects all of us because if they begin to take the rights of one group, they're coming for the rights of all the groups. I mean, they have been wanting, you know, guns forever forever. And we saw what this governor in, in New Mexico tried to pull a couple of weeks ago. And, you know, now we're to this point where 
the thought is let's just take away the parental rights and then we have this large this large body of individuals that that think that they know what's right for the kids let's take that and now we have ultimate control yeah they still have their guns but mm, we're going to control the minds of their kids this it sounds so conspiratorial i get it but we're watching it unfold before our very eyes. We cannot be the Romanov family and the palace with red ribbons on our arms in support of the Bolsheviks. Oh, those Bolsheviks, we're going to wear this ribbon and we're going to let them know we stand in solidarity with them while the country's burning to the ground and the Bolsheviks are the one doing it. We have to have our eyes open. And this is the call that Tucker's giving to us. Just don't be the Romanov family in the palace with red ribbons on your arm. Open your eyes to what's happening. Be alert. Stead, steadfast. Pay attention. You know, we, we say it here. Keep your head on a swivel. Look around. Know what's happening around you. And don't be afraid to call it out. Don't be afraid to speak against it. I don't want to... I don't want to hurt their feelings. I don't want to make them, you know, I don't want to make them upset. I, uh, you know, I, or I don't want to be canceled. I don't want them to call me a racist or a, or a bigot or a homophobe or, you know, I don't want to be called a name. You know, and so instead we put a red ribbon around our arm and and we say, yeah, we, we, we love you. We're in support of you. You, you know, you go get it done, you, while our values are being destroyed and our country crumbles around us. While, you know, statues topple to the ground, because if they can remove the history, uh, you, you know, then then you, you don't have any idea of of who you once were as a country. They can get rid of that. I mean, that has been... That's been in play for a long time. If we can get rid of who they once were as a country, then guess what? We win. And that's that's unfolding before our very eyes. We are we may even be on the tail end of that. I hope and pray that we're not. And that's that's why here we we have history class. We bust out history class occasionally because we have to remember who we were. We we have to revisit the Lion King. Simba has to remember who he is. Remember who you are, Simba. And that's that's where we are. We have to remember who we are. We have to we have to remember what we were founded on. And Tucker is calling it out here. We were founded on a foundation of of freedom and belief in a God who gives us rights that cannot be removed. Unalienable rights in the declaration. Other in, in other documents they say inalienable rights. It's all the same thing. It's a God-given right that cannot be taken away from you. Parental rights is unalienable. It is God-given. It cannot be taken away from you. The state is not in charge of your children's education. You are in charge of your children's education. I had a great interview yesterday with Sarah Wilson. Mom, two boys. You know, had them in a in a quote unquote good public school. Yeah, I know. Sometimes they exist. I mean, there's good people out there, and some districts may not be woke yet. But even so, 
even even though she had them in quote unquote a good public school, she wanted to be in charge of their education. She didn't like the conversations that they, that that they were bringing home. She didn't she didn't like what what was being said. You know, they come home and you know we had this. We talked about this. You know, we talked about that. It, it it's not necessarily bad stuff per se. But just as a direction that she didn't want her kids going down, she she came to the conclusion and the understanding that somebody's going to influence her kids. Who is that somebody going to be? And that's the question I think we all have to come to. You may feel like your child is in a great public school, but you have to come to this, this conversation with yourself that who is in charge of your kids? Who is pouring 10,000 hours into the hearts and minds of your children? It, it should be you. But I can't homeschool. I can't afford a Christian school. You know, my conversation with, with Jenny Lee the other day, she dispels that. And she says, you can't not. You can't not. There's the double negative for you. You can't not afford it. You. This is your only choice. If you want to to save your children, now, if talk about going back to to natural rights, that would do it. Talk about you know doing what Tucker is calling for here because our government isn't going back. It's up to us as the citizens. It's up to us. All right, we're going to take a break. We're coming up. We're coming up on it. Let's pick up the conversation on the other side. You're listening to The Dean's List on America Out Loud Talk Radio. For 25 years, Global Healing has proudly produced the highest quality supplements and cleansing programs that are rooted in nature and backed by science. Get 15% off all of our products using code OUTLOUD. Global Healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. Trouble getting to sleep and staying asleep is infuriating. Your mind races, you toss and turn. Nutrition company Healthy Cell created REM sleep to help you quickly fall asleep, stay asleep, and sleep deep. Unlike other supplements that don't work, REM sleep is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients, supporting all four stages of sleep. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code out loud. How can you improve your odds of staying healthy? The answer is stay healthy with Cofix RX. Who's got time for a cold, strep, a flu, HRV, RSV, or COVID anyhow? Cofix has some great news. Besides being featured as a top five product in the drugstore news, we completed the protocol that you've heard Dr. McCullough talk about. Cofix RX is already famous for a powerful virus hostile nasal solution, and now we have a throat spray too crush those nasty germs before they become a problem. With known antiviral support ingredients like povidone iodine, xylitol, and vitamin D3, you can feel a little safer. For a limited time, when you add the new Cofix RX throat spray to your order, you'll receive 25% off the entire purchase. Just click the Cofix RX banner on the America Out Loud website or store. Be sure to use promo code OUTLOUD25 at checkout. Don't forget, OUTLOUD25 at checkout.
Welcome back to the Dean's List. I'm Dean Bowen. You are listening to America Out Loud Talk Radio. We are grateful to have you on board. Welcome to the Dean's List. Congratulations on being one of the smart ones. We are happy that you are with us and that you are listening. We're talking about a clip from a speech that Tucker Carlson gave a couple of days ago. And in that clip, he is drawing some comparisons between the army, the Russian army of the Bolshevik, or, or during the Bolshevik revolution, to the BLM riots of 2020. And, you know, how the, in both instances, the, the, the country is just in chaos. But he, he makes this statement that the general that, that the book is about, the, the book that he's citing, the general goes to the, to the family, the Romanovs, and he's trying to warn them that the country is collapsing. And the women in the palace, so he says about 80% of them all have these red ribbons on in support of the Bolsheviks. And of course, you know, it's the Bolsheviks that that essentially murder the family. And he, so he's drawing that comparison. You know, where is America today? We know that there are nefarious forces at work that want to burn down the country, literally and figuratively. And as citizens, where are we? Do we have red ribbons wrapped around our arms in support of of the downfall, essentially? Because in America, the people are sovereign. We are, you know, the our founders set it up that way, that the people would be sovereign. We're outside of the government, but we are sovereign. We the people. That's the point of a republic. In this case, a constitutional republic. We're not a democracy. We are a republic. I remember teaching a government class one day, and I, I made that statement to the kids. And a couple of days later, you know, a student came into class. She said, Mr. Bowen, my dad says you're wrong. And I said, oh, okay, well, do tell. He says that we are a democracy. I went home and told him that you said we weren't, which is great. All right, kids, go home. Talk to your parents. Let them know what's what's being said in class. Parents, ask questions. Figure it out. This is a beautiful thing. At Waterbrook, we want you know we we welcome the parents in the building. You can come in the building. You want to come in and sit on the class. You want to hear what's you know what your child is hearing. You are welcome. Come on in. I mean, you might learn something. That's my point. That's that's where I'm coming from. So she says, you know, my dad says you're wrong, that we are a democracy. And I said, well, okay. I mean, your dad's a smart man. I'm not, you know, uh, I'm not going to call him out, you know, right here and now. But, you know, but I, I said, just recite the pledge to me. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the, the what? And to the democracy for which it stands? Oh, no, no, no. There's no democracy there. And to... Oh, to the republic for which it stands. I said, okay, well, let's go to the Constitution. Let's see if we can find the word democracy anywhere in the Constitution. No, as a matter of fact, we can't, but we can find the word republic. And we do see that the states also have to be set up in and as a republic. 
a Republican form of government, not a democratic form of government, because the founders did not want a democracy. They were anti-democracy because they knew majority rule would lead to mob rule and and they wanted they wanted a republic where power would be spread out, where the people would vote for representatives who would then speak for them in controlling the government. But the people are still sovereign and we're sovereign because because we have a voice. And we're sovereign because we have, well, quote, free and fair elections, and that's that's up for debate. And we can remove the, the people that are controlling the government. That's what makes us sovereign. And so the point that Tucker's making is, you know, in the during the Bolshevik Revolution, the sovereign was the monarchy, and the sovereign is in support of the revolution. They've got their their little red bands on in the in the palace. What about in America? Where does the sovereign stand? Because we the people are the sovereign. Where do we stand? Are we in support of what's happening? Are we in support of the takeover? Are we in support of the removal of our God-given natural rights? And this is t- Tucker's point. He's saying we have to go back to natural law. Because if we don't, they are going to become increasing, increasingly more aggressive. Increasingly. And it's happening. Increasingly more aggressive. They're getting aggressive with these ideas. You know, what are we going to do about it? Tucker says, what, you know, what should our response be when someone in school wants to say weird, creepy sex stuff to our, to our children? You know, what are we going to do? You know, Tucker says, well, as a dad, I'm going to get my gun. I tell you what I'm going to do. We're, we're going to have a fight because you're not going to get away with saying weird sex, creepy stuff to my children. Not going to happen. And I'm not a I'm not a very good dad. I'm not a dad at all if that's not my response. And the left, oh, see, we got to take away their guns. You heard Tucker. They're all going to go to their their cabinets and unlock them and and unleash hell on us. We got to take away those guns. That, that's not Tucker's point. His point is, of course, he does say, "I am advocating violence." Uh, but, I mean, he's not advocating Wild West violence. He's advocating for self-defense. That's what Tucker's advocating for. He's advocating for self-defense. He said, we have to go back to natural laws. We have God-given laws, and some of those are, are parental rights, and natural defense is also a God-given law that we have to go back to. I agree with Tucker. Tucker's spot on here. You know, I've got an article in front of me. So this all reminds me of of Loudoun County. You guys in Loudoun County, we love you. We love the parents in Loudoun County. But let's go back a couple years. You know, we have this 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 policy in Loudoun County where you know, boys can use whatever bathroom they want. So we have a boy who's wearing a skirt by the way. Yeah, I feel like a girl today. I'm going to slap a skirt on and I'm going to go into the girl's bathroom. He goes into the girl's bathroom. And while in there, he, wearing a skirt, rapes a freshman, a ninth grade little girl. And this girl's father does what any little girl's father would do in that instance. 
And in the school board meeting, you know, they drag him out and then they want to press charges against the father. And this, of course, this spawned the entire uh, National Association of School Boards in conjunction with the Biden administration, in conjunction with the DOJ, writing a letter asking that these parents be treated as domestic terrorists. Yeah, domestic terrorists. And so this is where we are. We're going to... We're going to take away your God-given natural rights, and then when you try to to protest, we're going to label you a domestic terrorist, and then we're going to come after you. And under oath, just a couple of weeks ago, Merrick Garland, you know, still isn't apologizing for that. He's he is defending his actions there. Ah, oh, Dean, that loud kind of that was two years ago. Why why are you talking about that? Because if we, if we don't keep talking about it, it will keep happening. I mean, the the attorney general has already said, "Yeah, that's that's fine, that's great. Yeah, all right. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna apologize. I don't have anything to apologize. I do it again." So this article says, in his criminal trial, former Loudoun County superintendent blames sex assault victims. The second article says jury finds former Loudoun County superintendent guilty of crime stemming from trans rape cover-up. You know what? I apologize. I should not have read that, that heading the way it was written. Stemming from trans rape cover-up. No, it's stemming just from, from a rape cover-up. From a boy wearing a girl's skirt who was allowed to go into the girls' bathroom? This is this is ridiculous. That that any school that any school district would have this policy. Oh, we have to look after you know this boy who feels like he's a girl. We have to protect him. We have to protect the boy. We can't hurt his feelings. I mean, we can't tell him he's not a girl. Mm-mm. No. We can't. We can't tell him the truth now. Uh-uh, we could. We're, we're not going to speak truth anymore. We're just going to go along with the garbage. So he goes into this bathroom, rapes this girl, and then they want to, you know, go after the girl's father. So the jury finds the uh, former superintendent guilty of a crime, and the crime that they find here is. Hmm. It's interesting. All right. Outrage over the school system's cover-up of a rape by a skirt-wearing boy. Ah, Luke Rosiak, uh, who's writing this article. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I love this. Outrage over the school system's cover-up of a rape by, not by a trans. Uh-uh. He doesn't say that. The word trans isn't even in the article. He says by a skirt-wearing boy. You know, give this man a prize. Whatever the whatever the, the 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 journalistic prize of the year is, please give it to Luke Rosiak. Outrage over the school system cover-up of a rape by a skirt-wearing boy, coupled with the fact that the county's prosecutor is a leftist. 
not only a leftist, but a leftist activist who tried to jail the rape victim's father, led by Governor Glenn Youngkin to empower a special grand jury to investigate the school system. So there's outrage over the school's cover-up of the rape by the skirt-wearing boy, which leads Glenn Youngkin to empower a special grand jury. So this grand jury is investigating the skirt-wearing boy rape cover-up, which the superintendent covered it up. He knew it. He absolutely knew it. And he was being aided by a leftist prosecutor who tried to jail the rape victim's father. Ziegler is the uh, is the school superintendent's name, Ziegler. The charges Ziegler is facing stem from allegations that the administrator punished a teacher for cooperating with that grand jury and for talking about another incident of sexual abuse, which she feared Loudoun County Public Schools wanted to cover up. So this is what is is happening in Loudoun County this past week. The superintendent was found guilty on this additional event that took place. Additionally, from the the bathroom rape of you know by the skirt wearing boy. So, the situation here is that former teacher Aaron Brooks testified that a ten year old autistic student would grab her genitals dozens of times a day. So she's making this testimony during the grand jury. So Governor Yunkin calls this grand jury because they're investigating the the rape, the bathroom rape. During the grand jury, Aaron Brooks testifies on a different situation. She's testifying that a 10-year-old autistic student would grab her, her genitals dozens of times a day while making sexual motions with his tongue. And that when she said her workplace was becoming unsafe, administrators gave her a piece of cardboard to hold in front of her groin and offered to buy her an apron in order to, quote, slow down the penetration. Uh, I don't even, I don't even know what to say to that. I I don't, I mean, every, mm, mm, people in Loudoun County need to lose their jobs. And, And this teacher has lost her job. She goes to administration to complain, hey, this this boy is doing this stuff. And administration says, um, you know, but, you know, hold a piece of cardboard in front of you or buy an apron to, quote, slow down the penetration. Uh, so this is the trial that's, that's happening. It's, it's over this situation. Brooks said she was a dedicated special education teacher. This is Aaron Brooks, the teacher in question. She was a dedicated special education teacher who withstood hitting, spitting, and biting without complaint, but that this was something much worse. She was concerned for the student as well as herself, but the school district's response was, quote, feeble. You know, feeble is really putting it nicely. Feeble is, uh, wow, quote, in my expert opinion, these behaviors were a sign that something is going on, that they are witnessing or experiencing it. I asked Mrs. Mackey 
to call CPS, but she refused. Yeah, it's a sign that something's going on all right, and they know it. They And they want to keep it quiet. They want to keep it hush-hush. This, this Superintendent Ziegler, um, Mackie, I think Mackie is the principal in the building. Ziegler's attorney repeatedly suggested that Brooks was responsible for her own sexual assault because she refused to give the autistic student an iPad, leading to his frustration. It's your fault because you didn't give the student what the student wanted. So therefore, you know what? You had this coming, lady. You deserve this sexual assault. You should have given the student what the student wanted. Student's rights. Not your right, but the rights of the student. The young people should always get what they want. Absolutely. They should never be told no. How dare you tell this student no? You had this coming. This is the superintendent's attorney repeatedly suggesting this. The jury heard little evidence from witnesses that this occurred, and none to explain why Brooks, a second-generation special ed teacher, would have a motive to do that. So this is there's no evidence here um, to support Ziegler's attorney's claim. There's no evidence to support his claim. It's just, you know, he's going to make this outlandish statement. It's your fault. This is who they are. This is who these people are. They, they, they're not interested in your rights as parents or adults. They want only anarchy amongst the kids. All right, we're up against it. Let's take a break. We'll pick it up on the other side. You're listening to The Dean's List on America Out Loud Talk Radio. With the rise of independent media, we are now AmericaOutloud.news. For the genius of the United States is not found in its executives or legislatures, nor its ambassadors, authors, colleges, or churches, nor even in its newspapers or inventors. The genius of the United States is we the people. AmericaOutloud.news, liberty and justice for all. Millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-haul effects of the toxic spike protein. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company designed their spike support formula to counteract harmful spike protein from COVID-19 and vaccines so you can feel your best. Go to OutloudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. I'm so confused. I don't know what to do. I'm afraid of going to the hospital. My doctor tells me nutrition doesn't work. Trust is earned. We are the Energetic Health Institute, and we want to earn your trust. Natural medicine, holistic nutrition, detoxification, fasting, cellular healing, and so much more. Remember, the best way to be free is to be healthy. So stop being a patient and start being a student at energetichealthinstitute.org. Oh, 
Welcome back to the Dean's List. I'm Dean Bowen. You are listening to America Out Loud Talk Radio. How's everybody feeling out there? Are you feeling okay? You know, flu season's just around the corner. And uh, you know how I feel about the flu, how I feel about flu season. I'm not happy about it at all. I don't like it. And I'm sure you're like me, and you don't like it either. So uh, how are you feeling? If you're, if Tell you what, if you're feeling a little rough, uh, I encourage you to stay healthy with Cofix RX. Uh, I have done it. <laughs> Cofix RX is part of my defeat the flu regimen. And if you go to americaoutloud.shop and enter coupon code OUTLOUD25, you will get 25% off of your Cofix purchase. Uh, of course, when adding the throat spray to any order. Use coupon code OUTLOUD25 to get 25% off. And the throat spray is what you want. You want the throat spray and you want the nasal spray. At least I did. I can only speak from personal experience. I wanted them both. I used them both. I had something coming down the pike last week. I woke up with it. You know, the radio voice had kicked in. And, uh, you know, Cindy said, are you, are you okay? Said, yeah, no, I'm good. I'm good. This is now this will pass. But, you know, before the day was over with, I said, give me that Cofix because it was starting to, it was starting to take over and, and good nip Cofix nipped it in the bud. So how are you feeling? And if you're, if you're not feeling well, you know, get it, get the Cofix RX. It'll, it'll bail you out. Even if you are feeling well and you just want some, something preventive. So I'm in a school building with, with little children all day. And, you know, kids have snotty noses and they, you know, they're, they're touching things and, you know, their hands aren't always clean. And, you know, I'm around all this stuff and I'm telling you what, I don't, I do not want to go down. Last year, I went down three times, three times throughout the school year, the beginning over Christmas, my entire Christmas break, I spent on the couch with a fever, and it was just, and then again, it hit me in, in February. And I said, that's it. No more. Give me the co-fix. And uh, I love it. I am happy with it. So how are you feeling? You know, grab some co-fix if you need it. All right. We are, you know, I started this article by Luke Rosiak. Luke Rosiak is... I like this guy. Uh, I like just how he's not giving in to the, the narrative. He doesn't buy the narrative here. He is describing the events of what happened in, in Loudoun County. And he's telling it like it is. This uh, this 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 bathroom rape cover-up and that the you know Loudoun County uh, superintendent of schools covered it up. Uh, Yunkin empowered a special grand jury to get to the bottom of that cover-up. And then, so during the grand jury, a special education teacher is testifying by the name of Aaron Brooks. And something else comes to light that the county was trying to cover up, which is this um, special ed student that is sexually assaulting a teacher and her aide in the classroom. Brooks, Aaron Brooks is the teacher. Uh, her aide is Vandermeulen. I don't see a first name for Vandermeulen in the article. 
Brooks and Vandermeulen documented how many times a day they were assaulted at work. They shared the chart by email with Principal Mackey, but she never opened it. Vandermeulen eventually began forwarding some emails on the topic to her personal Gmail, fearing that they were headed towards another Loudoun County Public School sex abuse cover-up. You better believe they were. That's who these people are. That's who they are. Vandermeulen broke down in tears on the witness stand, recounting how she suffered the same abuse, first at the hands of the special needs student, and then at the hands of the school administration when she advocated for it to stop. She worked to get the attention of the school board, but didn't know how. So a friend introduced her to Ian Pryor, a frequent speaker before the school board. Vandermeulen gave Pryor only a bare accounting of the difficulty she was facing. A teacher facing sexual abuse who filed a Title IX complaint in March of 2022. That that was the information that you know Pryor had, and he relayed the same at a school board meeting. After learning that Vandermeulen had the conversation, Brooks googled Pryor's contact information and messaged him, warning him not to disclose any personal information about the child, which it turned out was unnecessary because Pryor didn't know any personal information. After the school board meeting, which Mackie watched, Mackie's the principal in the building, after the school board meeting, the student was immediately removed from Brooks and Vandermeulen's classroom, and Brooks was summoned to the office, believing something was finally being done to help her. Instead, she learned she was being investigated by the school system and began facing retaliation. Mackie read her performance evaluation of Brooks in court which repeatedly seemed to blame Brooks for her own sexual assault and said her failure to control her classroom led to a student being moved to a different class, which the evaluation said was the major black mark against her. Here's what the performance evaluation said. Here's a quote from it. Mrs. Brooks displayed rigidity in responding to the needs of a student resulting in the student being removed from the classroom. So even though Brooks was complaining that she was being a sexually, sexually assaulted by the student repeatedly, the student was not removed from the classroom for that cause or reason. According to Mackey, the principal, the student was removed because of Brooks's rigidity and the way she responded. And that's pretty sick. I mean, that 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 is sick. Prosecutors asked Mackey to show the jury what she wanted Brooks to use uh, in reference to the pieces of, 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 of cardboard. So um, the prosecutors say to, to Mackey, Please show the jury how you wanted Brooks to use the, the, the cardboard. Mackie stood up and held the cardboard in front of her groin. I would have expected her to be professional enough to work with this student, she said, as she's holding the cardboard up in front of her groin. Okay. You, I, I don't even know. I don't even know what, what, I don't even know what to say about this. As a teacher, <laughs> You have a student that's grabbing you repeatedly, and then you tell administration repeatedly, 
and administration gives you a piece of cardboard and they tell you to hold this up in front of yourself. And then in the courtroom, this principal has the, I don't know what, I don't even know what you call it, the, the lack of something to just to, to say, I would have expected her to be professional enough to work with this student while using a piece of cardboard to shield yourself. The prosecutor asked, quote, what would be the appropriate professional response to having her genitals touched? Which Mackie responded, I don't know. It, uh, you don't know what the, what the, well, all right. So how can you expect this teacher to be professional enough to work with the student? But when asked what the appropriate professional response is, your reply is, I don't know. I don't know, but I certainly expect this teacher to know. And because she doesn't know, she's fired. <laughs> just, what is this? What kind of circus are we running here? Evidence at trial showed that Brooks was Special Education Teacher of the Year in 2021. Well, what do you know about that? This lady that they're firing because she's expressing too much rigidity towards this student, and she's not professional enough to hold a piece of cardboard in front of her groin. She is Special Education Teacher of the Year in 2021 and received glowing reviews in 2022, only to have Ziegler recommend that the school board fire her, the only teacher he did that to. And... But it has nothing to do with the fact that she testified to the grand jury and revealed things that the school was also trying to cover up, in addition to this bathroom rape, which was the impetus for the grand jury anyway. But this teacher's revealing other things. Oh, she can't do that. We, we can't have rogue teachers out there revealing other things. Quick, quick, fire her. Um, yeah, excuse me, Mr. Superintendent. She was teacher of the year in 21. And then in 22, she received glowing room. I don't care, fire her. She's got to go make something up. Uh, she's, she, I don't know. She's too rigid. Give me Mackie on the phone. Mackie, is she rigid? Yes, sir. She's very rigid. Then, then fire her. Get her out. The school district began claiming that Brooks violated the student's privacy after an education activist made a vague mention of the educator's workplace safety issue at a school board meeting. There was no mention of the student's name or age, or even the name of the school. But by golly, that Brooks, she's out there violating students' privacy. How dare she violate that student's privacy? Well, um, do we know the name of the student? No, but she violated his privacy. Um, do we know the age of the student? No, but she violated his privacy. Do we know the name of the school that the student? No, we, we don't know any of that, but I'm sure she violated his privacy some way, somehow. Uh, in court, Ziegler's lawyer claimed that he asked the board to fire Brooks because Loudoun County Public Schools thought it might get sued by the parents of the assailant. Wait, that you were afraid that the parents of the special needs student 
right? The, the, the student who continually gropes the teacher, you were afraid that that student's parents would sue the teacher? And so you fired the teacher? Oh, man. They thought Loudoun County uh, might get sued by the parents of the assailant, despite evidence suggesting that the parents were barely responsive and that the student might even be suffering abuse at home. Well, that makes sense. That absolutely makes sense. Principal Mackey testified that she recommended that Brooks be fired without pressure from Ziegler. Oh, okay. So what's the what's the relationship between Mackey and Ziegler over here? But she also admitted that her testimony to the grand jury a year ago, in which she denied ever discussing it with him, was false. Oh, so she perjured herself. So what's going to happen to Mackie? Oh, boy. She remembered on the first day of the trial that she did have a phone call with him about it, she said. Oh, you know, I just remembered. <laughs> Silly me. On the first day of the trial, I did have a phone call with him. Oh, I, I, I just I forgot about I'm sorry. Uh, I, you know, I'm I'm sorry. Just just a mental, just so much pressure. Just a mental lapse. Human resources had not recommended that Brooks be fired. But Ziegler aggressively pushed for her firing anyway, in retaliation for filing a Title IX complaint and testifying to the grand jury. Oh, boy. School board member John Beatty testified that Ziegler told the board that Brooks improperly disclosed private information about a child to a conservative activist, which testimony at trial showed was untrue and also to the special grand jury initiated by Governor Yunkin in response to the, quote, gender-fluid rape cover-up, to which she was subpoenaed and legally required to disclose all details. Beatty testified that Ziegler seemed happy to fire Brooks and that he acted suspiciously when questioned about it. Principal Mackey acknowledged that when Brooks asked for the day off to testify, she demanded to see the subpoena. Just prior to Ziegler's indictment, the grand jury issued a report saying that a member of Ziegler's cabinet had told school employees and board members not to speak openly with the grand jury and that it would have indicated Mackey for witness tampering if Virginia had such a law. Mackey said she communicated closely with the cabinet member who issued the warning. So... You know, things are things are coming down the pike in Loudoun County. Yunkin puts together this grand jury while the, to, to investigate this this rape. And in, in the bathroom, which the principal, which the uh, superintendent said, no, no, that didn't happen. Uh, uh, nope. there's there's no rape here. Nothing to see here, folks. Keep on moving. Of course, the dad comes to the school board meeting blowing up. And during this grand jury it, other things are uncovered. And this teacher, Brooks, comes forward and says, yeah, I was I was uh, accosted repeatedly, went to administration repeatedly, and nothing was done repeatedly. So here we go. Just a few days ago, a jury of six women and one man found ex-Loudoun County Public School Superintendent Scott Ziegler guilty of using his position to retaliate against a teacher for cooperating with the grand jury, investigating how the district handled sexual assault. 
After a four-day trial plus a day of deliberations, the jury found that Ziegler wrongfully fired a teacher who had disclosed to Virginia investigators about mishandling of sexual assault in her classroom. Ziegler could face up to 12 months in jail, a $2,500 fine or both. Sentencing in the trial will occur on January 4th. Judge Douglas Fleming Jr. made the announcement Ziegler's victim, former special education teacher Aaron Brooks, clasped her hands in front of her mouth in emotion after the verdict was read. Prosecutors appointed by Attorney General Jason Mayeris, a Republican, said that after they began investigating the school district's cover-up of a bathroom rape, they spoke with Brooks who disclosed the unrelated instance of mishandling of sexual assault by school administrators. Brooks was then fired by Ziegler. Tucker kind of summarizes everything for us. And this is part of our fight in getting back to to natural rights, getting back to God-given natural rights. These people that want the natural rights removed, they themselves must be removed. This is our quest. This is what we're going after. All right, that's all the time we have for today, America. Thank you for joining me. Encourage your friends and family to get on the beats list. Let's unite to renovate the age.